Lisney, Ireland's leading full-service property advisory company. Welcome to the Lisney Podcast, your update on all things happening across the Irish property market today. I'm joined by Emma Coffey, Divisional Director and Head of Lisney's Retail Agency. Emma provides advice to retail and food and beverage clients on market trends and lease terms. Emma, you're very welcome to the Lisney Podcast. What is activity currently like in retail in Dublin? Well, as you know, Al, on the 24th of March, all non-essential retail closed across the country and remain closed for a period of approximately three months. It seems now like it was some kind of a dream, but yes, it actually happened. Um, So the government then set out a roadmap for a phased reopening, which began on the 18th of May, uh, and that was with the DIY centres, garden Mm -hmm. centres, opticians, some other essential type retail. The government set out a roadmap then for a phased reopening, which began on the 18th of May with the reopening of DIY garden centres, opticians. And then this was followed the 15th of June with shopping centres and then the 29th of uh, June, which everyone was waiting for, which was the hair and beauty and 1st of July with the restaurants. So over the last couple of weeks, it's been very much head down for the retailers because they've had to try and adapt very quickly to a lot of new changes, uh, which include from uh, the two metre social distancing rules so they had to rearrange their shops Um, they had queues outside their doors Mm. so it was trying to retrain their staff how they were going to engage with customers putting up the Perspex screens hand sanitizers, um, and the biggest one really was trying to develop online for the retailers that didn't have an online presence it's now paramount that they have that and the government were giving grants to try and encourage that so there's been a real focus on this trying to adapt to this new way of life for retailers and aside from that they were also trying to deal with the landlords it's Mm. the first time ever that retail was closed uh, unless you were essential and therefore you had no turnover coming in and they weren't paying their rents so we're going through a period now where landlords and tenants are engaging with each other and trying to come up with ways to deal with that period of time and how they're going to pay the landlords the rent but also Looking forward, for some retailers, they are located in areas where life has just changed. If you look at city centre, office workers are not going in, the tourists are gone and they would have negotiated and agreed rents based on a very different environment. And therefore, they may not be able to pay the same level of rent during this period. And how are landlords taking that? Um, It's mixed. Every single case really has to be looked on on its own merits. Um, And I think it's the first time there needs to be real transparency between landlords and tenants. Um, There are some retailers who are refusing to pay their rents when really they're well capable of paying their rents. And there are those that are really struggling that are actually paying the rents so there needs to be a bit of innovation between the two parties nobody has experienced this before Um, and aside from that while all this is kind of going on and people are trying to retailers are trying to adapt and change to all this uncertainty there are a few opportunists out there and we would be working in Lisney with a couple of retailers and restaurateurs who are looking at kind of the future and saying, okay, we won't look at the short term. We're going to look at the medium to long term. There are locations that we were just not able to get. Mm -hmm. And now there may be an opportunity to try and get these sites while we can. We'll bed down and then this will change. We will get a vaccine hopefully down the road and life will go back to some kind of new normal. Um, But people will be back in city centres and shopping centres as they were before. Has this led to a glut in supply 
Interestingly, it's not from COVID. Um, we were basically it has accelerated the demise of uh, stores that were already going to close. <laughs> And these are actually um, UK brands that would have taken stores back in the 2000s, pre the last recession. Um, And what had happened was life changed when the last recession came. Retail was hit badly. People realised, consumers, that they could actually go online, they could get information on products, they could shop around. um, And therefore, when we came out of the recession, there wasn't that same, you know, need for rolling out stores in order to try and reach the consumer. So we're talking about maybe the, the likes of Debenhams. and Absolutely. So, you know, in the media, it would have come across as though it was COVID related. Yeah. This was already happening. Debenhams, it was just a matter of time. And there's a whole host of brands now that are actually gone. They have a mechanism in the UK, which is called CVA. It's like an administration that they go into um, and it allows them to close down, to look at their portfolio, engage with the creditors and actually close down stores. So you have the likes of the more recent ones, Oasis, Warehouse, Aldo, uh, with House of Fraser, Debenhams, there's a whole host of brands. And they would have been the brands that would have been located on prime streets such as Grafton Street, Henry Street and in the main shopping centres, the M50 shopping centres. Does this mean that we have a lot of stock then? There is. I mean, on Grafton Street, there are probably over 20 units available. And, um, and, and is there more like outside of that that you guys have coming on stream? It Interestingly, though, going back to the COVID question, we haven't seen the fallout yet from the COVID. Mm. In fairness to the retailers, as I said before, they're all trying to adapt their heads down and they're doing the best that they can to try and survive. So we haven't seen a fallout yet from the COVID what we're seeing is the demise of the other brands that was coming because of different reasons and they would be more the prime locations and it'll take time for that kind of stock to be filled again. So what we may see is the likes of pop-ups coming now to the fore. Brands that maybe were online that will use this as an opportunity to test um, a bricks and mortar store because it has become very apparent that the two together are what you need. You need the bricks and mortar store with the online presence. And if the two are working together, that's the best format that there is. And I think that's interesting because I was going to ask you if if you were saying about the, the, the shops now that are doing business in a different way and they're concentrating on getting more of an online presence. I was going to ask, does that mean that they're going to close down some of their, their bricks and mortar? But you're saying, obviously, it's actually the other way around. Well, it's, it's, it's the older brands that would have only, they would have rolled out an awful lot of bricks and mortar stores yeah. in order to reach the consumer. They don't need the same number of stores. So they will be closed down stores and reducing their portfolio, focusing on their online presence. But then you have, conversely, the likes of, say, Amazon, who did the opposite, who went online, who are now looking to take stores. And there are other brands like Amazon that have realised that you actually need the bricks and mortar with the online and the two together is the best way forward. And there's a real... um, it's not clear exactly what the store of the future will look like, but the sense is that it's going to be very much a showroom. It's a way of interacting with the brand as opposed to the old format where you go in and you're just looking at stock and you're selecting it, trying it on and off you go. If you actually look at 
the use of technology it's just incredible where it's at at the moment so you've augmented reality and artificial intelligence the augmented reality brands such as say Gucci Converse are using it whereby you can hold up your phone look down at your feet and the shoes will be on your feet so you can see exactly what they look like you may well know what size you need for that brand and therefore you don't need to necessarily try them on so what the brand will be doing will be enticing you in store to engage with you and to have conversations and to sell the brand the product and probably to use the technology which is what if you think back people liked about shopping you know to just shop online it's 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 just a kind of a process, you know. You look for it, you click a button, and it arrives. There's no pleasure or joy in shopping, yeah. whereas people they like the interaction, they like the social element of shopping center shopping, and to some extent that has been lost over the last number of years. So. The hope will be that this will now come back. Anyone can go online, buy whatever they want, but they will be able to go in store for this experience that you keep hearing everybody talking about. So that hopefully will be the future of the store. Has what has happened over the last six months, has it changed the way you do your business? In retail? Yeah. Um, it is going to. It had this again. It needed to come because there, the leases were too long. Property is very slow and cumbersome and retail has moved to a whole new level. It's very fast paced. It's very dynamic and the two don't marry. So I think what the pandemic is going to allow is these shorter leases that are more flexible and that take account of the actual use. So, you know, in the past, we would have compared two shops that were side by side and said, well, one paid 50 euro per square foot, so the other has to pay 50 euro per square foot. It no longer makes sense. It's actually now about the use and the turnover. What turnover can somebody generate from a store? And then the landlord gets a benefit of that turnover. So we are probably moving towards shorter lease terms uh, or they may be longer leases with break options and then base rents with turnover top ups or just turnover rents. Is, th- is that more beneficial then to landlords or to the to the operator? Well, at the moment, it's more beneficial to the operator because what is happening is particularly in the world of, for example, say fashion, whereby they can try and say, well, we want to turn over rent, but then they encourage the consumer in store, engage with them to go online and therefore there is no turnover in the store. And what they also look for then is that returns to that store are deducted from the turnover. So that's not fair. And these are the little nuances that need to be worked through and sorted out so that it works for both parties. You know, the tenant is getting the benefit of that store in order to give their brand a face. And therefore, the landlord does need to get some kind of a benefit from that. So it's starting to work its way through in the UK for the first time. They were behind us in that they had very old upward only leases. And now there's a real drive to move towards turnover. So there will be a way of working out what this added piece will be for the landlord. And I can see it then coming across and also being here in Ireland. So I think... Maybe landlords at the moment don't want to necessarily hear it, but I think it is coming. 
and it just everybody needs to work together to find a solution so that it works for both sides and that will then free up for landlords it'll make it easier for them to do lettings Mm. because up to now they haven't been able to do lettings because they were trying to hold rents at a certain level so that they wouldn't go downwards so this whole new mechanism will kind of free up the system and allow more new interesting dynamic brands to come through test having a bricks and mortar store and if it works for them then it's a success for everybody it'll increase foot flow to an area uh, and benefit everyone I think finally just before we finish up when you compare the last recession do you see any similarities to what's happening in the market now? No, they're quite different mm. because the last time round it was so slow paced. It was, you know, we it came in 2008 and then there was this general slowdown. People had all spent too much. Yeah. Their credit cards were maxed out and there was a slowdown in the spend. This time it was a sudden shutdown uh, with a complete change in the way everybody is conducting their way of life. The last time round, landlords and tenants went into a negotiation for kind of abatements. It was a slow and arduous process and there was really no end to it. You know, there was no set period of time that abatement would last for. Um, And I suppose from a landlord's point of view, if the tenant didn't survive, they knew that somebody else would come along after a period of time, they'd let the unit. This time around, everybody's in the same boat. So even if that tenant doesn't survive, the next tenant coming into this premises will have the same problems. Mm. If the unit's too small, they can only have a certain number of people inside with people queuing outside. So it's it's the first time really that landlords need tenants and tenants need landlords and they both need to work together and there needs to be transparency. And if they can do that, I think we can all get through this period. And it's not a bad situation if they're both in the same situation and need each other just as much as each other. Absolutely. Yeah. Emma, that was really, really interesting. Thank you for coming in and uh, joining us this morning. That's Emma Coffey, Divisional Director and Head of Lisney's Retail Agency. Uh, that's it for now. We're back next time with another look at the property market on the Lisney Property Podcast. Lisney, Ireland's leading full-service property advisory company.